time. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. And just this past year, the Cat Writers Association awarded Arden the coveted President's Award, given exclusively to the best of the best. Arden is driven to live her motto, bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby, because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. You got to spread joy up to the maximum, bring gloom down to the minimum, have faith or pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene to illustrate. Pause up, pet pals. Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, if only our pets could live forever with us, but life sometimes throws us a curveball. What happens to your pets should you die before them? On today's show, we will spotlight a special organization called Second Chance for Pets with its founder, Amy Sheever. She's going to talk later in the show on how you can come up with a game plan for caring for your pets. But first up, we have a very special youngster. We're talking 98 years young, Flo From. She's been a lifelong dog lover and will share how dogs in her life have made her a better person. She lives in Oceanside, California with her miniature schnauzers named Taylor and Tiny. So let's get started. I am so excited to introduce one of my best friends on the planet. She hails from Oceanside, California. I have known her for over 20 years, and she has always had a dog, cat, or more in her life, and she does know the power of the paw. She is 98 years old. Please give pause and applause to the remarkable Flo From. Thank you. All right. So what do you think, Flo? You finally made it to my radio show. I'm all excited. Are you all ears? I'm here. Is your tail a wagon? Well, not quite yet. I'm sitting <laughs> on it. I'm sitting on it. I'm holding these two tails here so they don't get. <laughs> and here, for those that get the YouTube channel, we need to introduce the two babies you got here. This is the mother. Her name is Taylor. This is her baby. His name is Tiny. And they are they're miniature schnauzers, but I got to tell you, Flo. They're the quietest schnauzers I've ever met. They are. They're perfect dogs. I have had dogs all my life. <laughs> but it's true. These dogs are the best dogs anybody would ever could ever have and enjoy. Well, let's go back to childhood. You're from Pittsfield, Massachusetts? Exactly. Is that the home of baseball? I don't know. That's what you used to tell me. Well, that I don't remember what I used to tell <laughs> But I used to tell some 20-some-odd years ago. <laughs> but it could be. Yeah. I think it is. But growing up, did you have pets? We did. But I tell you, growing up, pets weren't quite like they are today. Exactly. 
and and they they weren't treated quite like we treated them today. Uh, it wasn't the same. Right, but we have come a long way, haven't oh, yes. we, with our pets? Uh, yes. They've gone from the, the, the outside, the barn, to the bedroom. Exactly. They are with me all the time. So what is it about pets that you think have helped contribute you to be 98 years young? They give me something to hold and love. And I love these dogs. I, and I brag about them all the time. Yeah, that's okay. You can <laughs> brag today. We got some people that near to here. What, what is something worth bragging about Taylor and, 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 and uh, Tiny? Well, you can tell them to do, don't do something once and they don't do it again. More like than our they kids They pay do. attention. <laughs> what? Yeah. Better than our kids. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They're so much better than my kids. But they, they just mind. And they're very, very loving. They want to love you all the time. And they want to be with you. They don't want to be outside. They want to be with you. They're cuddle mates, aren't they? Oh, are they ever. Well, I understand. Uh, I want you to tell a little bit about how uh, Taylor came into your life. And I know the story because I was there when Tiny was born. But why miniature schnauzers? And how did you end up adopting Taylor? Well, Taylor was sold to my friend first. Okay. And so she's a purebred. She's a purebred. Flo. Yes. Taylor. How come Taylor is a very petite girl, right? Yes. That's her son, Tiny, right? Yes. How did Tiny get the name? Because for all our YouTubers out there, Tiny doesn't look so tiny compared to his mama. He weighed Less than three ounces when he was born. Whoa. And when I, and I was there and helped him out of the womb. And when that little dog was in my arm, my hands, I kissed him. And I prayed, God, let this little boy live. And I prayed for him many, many times. I would hold him and just pray, please let this little boy live. He was live. the runt of the litter, wasn't he? Yes, he was the runt. And he was so tiny. But do you know when he was with the litter, he was the only one with a spirit. He, he ruled them all. So why miniature schnauzers? Well, I said, my brother had schnauzers, and I thought schnauzers were an excellent dog to have. They don't shed, and they can be in a home without leaving tracks all over. And I just absolutely love them. They're but they normally have reputations for being kind of... They aren't. These two aren't. No, they're kind of an unusual type well, of Well, they bark with when a anybody comes. And when my, my uh, knitting group comes, they greet them. They go behind that chair. And you wouldn't even know there was a dog at the house. <laughs> and they, and they, don't, they don't bark when they leave. They That's don't good. ever make another sound while they're here. You did have a dog prior to this, also a miniature schnauzer that I, who I adored, Buddy. And what was Buddy's nickname? Barker. Yeah, Buddy Barker. He, Barky yeah, Buddy. He did bark a lot. <laughs> he really did. But I think these dogs were trained differently. Uh, I can't explain these dogs. I've had dogs all my life. Yeah. And these are the 
best dogs. They mind what I tell them to so do. So you waited a whole lifetime to get a double dose of good, huh? Yep. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. But Buddy Barky was a very outgoing oh, yes. miniature schnauzer. Oh, yes. Tell us about his personality. He was all boy. <laughs> he was all boy. No question about it. Yeah. But he was also loving. Hey, everybody. We're going to talk more with Flo from and her lifelong love of dogs after we take this break. You know the drill. Sit and stay. We'll be right back. You need even more Arden Moore? We're online at fourleggedlife.com. And don't forget, we post all of our guest interviews plus lots of other goodies to the Arden Moore YouTube channel. Got dog? Got cat? One of the best ways to show your pet how much you love them is to take a pet first aid class. Arden Moore is a master certified pet first aid CPR instructor and founder of Pet First Aid for You. Very cool! These classes are fun and practical and feature pet safety dog Kona and cat Casey. No way! Yes, a real dog and cat teaching duo. Wait, what? All classes are veterinary approved and are available in person or via Zoom. Ready to sign up for a class? Sorry, it's it's just for people. Arden Moore's Pet First Aid for You classes are proudly supported by Zinzi Pies Save My Pet ID Tags. Pet parents who wear Zinzi Pies Save My Pet ID Tags in bracelet, keychain, and pendant versions are assured that their beloved fur babies will continue to receive the loving care that they deserve, even if the pet parents are not able to provide it. Online at SaveMyPetIDTag.com. You got to spread joy up to the maximum, bring gloom down to the minimum, have faith or pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene. To illustrate my last remark, Jonah in the whale, Noah in the ark, what did they do just when everything looked so dark? Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. This is so special to me. I have known the fabulous Flo From for more than 20 years. I used to live in Oceanside, California. I live in Dallas now. And she was across the street neighbor. And we became fast friends, right? Yes. And she taught me how to play Skippo, the card game. Yes. We solved all the world's problems playing Skippo. And at the time, I had a husky mix named Chipper and a little uh, small dog named Cleo. And they would get together with your dog, um, Buddy, and Uh they would hang out under the table in the dining room, right? They were wonderful. I loved them. I liked Skipper. See, I love Skipper. Skipper was a beautiful. Chipper. (laughs) Well, Skipper or Chipper. Well, yeah. What did you like about Chipper? Oh, such a lovely dog. She shed a lot. I didn't care. She wasn't my dog. I didn't have to clean but it up. But she after. was a tall, husky, golden retriever mix who had eyes for a Buddy Barky. They were like buds, weren't yep, they? Yep, they were. They were beautiful together. And I I loved her. She never bothered me. At one point in your life, didn't you have a Great Dane? I did. Oh, my gosh. I did as a teenager. I And I'll never forget it. My aunt brought this Great Dane home. And 
she slept with me. Oh, did she take over the whole bed? She took over. Well, I was little in those days, but she slept with me, and she was so darling. I just loved her. And when my aunt had an opportunity, she got pretty big. Oh, okay. And she, in those days, your dog could be out in the yard, be yeah. the sidewalk, and the neighbors complained because when she wagged her legs, her I mean her tail, <laughs> she hit their legs. It bruised them. Her tail, it was hard. <laughs> when you're radio, you. guys, here's the sound. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but she was a beautiful dog. Now, many people tuning in, you know, they want to know, you got to have a plan in case your pets outlive you. Why is that important for you with Tyler and Tiny? Taylor and Taylor, Tiny. Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. I want them to have a loving home. And I don't want them to be pushed from one house to the other. And I have a dear friend that is going to yeah. take so them. So the point is we all have to have some kind of pet planning, don't Absolutely. you think? Absolutely. And she is going to take the two doggies. So you're 98. What's that mean to you? Well, I'm shocked because I, honest to Pete, I'm the only one in my family that lives this long, has wow. lived this long. I'd like to be a hundred. And, and how do you how do you take care of yourself at ninety eight? I, I and this is something we all can relate to. Pinot Grigio. Tell us about that magic luxor. I have a lot of pain. I have a spinal injury and I have a left leg that is very painful. It's bone on bone. And I can take Tylenol till the bottle's empty and <laughs> it, it they doesn't last a two don't last an hour. So I have always liked white wine. So I suggested to my friend to get some wine, and I started drinking a glass for lunch. And I will admit, sometimes I sneak a little more for supper. Okay, but how does that Pinot Grigio make you feel? Wonderful. Okay. And the pain goes away. I don't even have the pain. I can go to bed without any pain. This is what amazes me. Why is it? Well, I think we need to toast to dogs. And wine. Pinot into wine. What do you think? I think so. The shots don't work, but the wine does. Now, people want to know, you were married almost 60 years to Frank Frum. Exactly. Tell us a little bit about Frank and the Navy and the chance to get to go to different countries. Frank was a bosun's mate. A bosun mate. And a bosun's mate so is usually a sea. Oh, okay. And they usually have sea duty. And... He was chosen to go to these different places. Wow. And Such I, as where? Well, we went to Japan. Japan? We went to Turkey. Turkey? We went to Hawaii. Oh, nice. Hawaii. And, and we had a wonderful life in the Navy. Yeah. How and many years was he in? 20. Wow. And I, I know Frank. I loved Frank. He taught me how to putt and golf. Mm -hmm. Oh, did he? Yes, he was a good golf. He was a good golfer. Come here, come here, Taylor. Taylor goes. I'm going to hang out here. So, Turkey. Here you are, a wife of a Navy guy. And folks, she was blonde and blue eyed. You did not look Turkish. No, <laughs> not at all. So you though did something special. What did you want to do? You you didn't just speak English, did you? I wanted to learn. Enough Turkish that I could talk to the people. Very nice. And I, I did learn, and I had some wonderful Turkish friends. And when we left 
to go home. They met us. We had to take the train up to uh, Istanbul. Istanbul. And there were so many Turks saying they goodbye were saying, to us. Oh, great job. And I felt so, in a way, I was I was really sad to be leaving. But we had some but wonderful. But you made friends. We did. Uh, we, yes, we did make friends. Now, let's say, how old were you? Probably in your 30s or 40s? I was maybe? in my 30s. Okay. So you're now back in the United States. Years later, you're on a cruise ship with your friend Judy. And didn't the guy taking care of you at the table was Turkish? He was a Turkish waiter. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. And I said, look this way. Look, you got to look this and way. And he talked back to me. You got to look that way. Okay. Sorry. He he talked. I, I you said, said what? I said, Merhaba, Fedem, which is, hello, sir, <laughs> and our friend. And he answered me back, and he was so excited. I think he really looked forward to waiting on us because I would talk to him a little bit. And what do you think about that part of your brain that locks in a new language, and you just picked it right up? I could not. I think you can learn a language if you really have the desire. Okay. And, and the love to do it. And I loved being with the Turks. And I loved every place we lived. Well, all I can say for everybody from Turkey to Japan to here in the United States, we are all lucky to know Flo. Well, I'm lucky to know all the people I've known in, in, in the United States. And Flo, I, I know you know I love you. And you have made my life a really great life. Um, humbly, why did you hang out with me when I was living here and still be my friend? Well, I liked you. <laughs> and I've always, now see the one that lives with me, she's kind of strange too. <laughs> oh, I think strange friends are the best. They're not well, boring. Well, they're not, they're, they're not giddy friends. Well, I miss you living in Dallas, but I am so happy to be here today and oh. to show the world the fabulous flow. From. I'm so happy to have you because I love you too. I love you very much. Hey, everybody, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have Amy Sheever on. And she's with Second Chance for Pets. And she's going to tell us a little bit of how to do some planning for our pets should they outlive us. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And now you never have to miss not even one second of any episode. Why? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Our next guest is Amy Sheever. She's the director and founder of Second Chance for Pets. It is a nonprofit awareness group, and I want you to pay attention because we'll get the link in and everything. Second, a 2ND chance, the number four, pets. And she is here to unleash some tips and strategies on how your pets would be cared for should you be unable to provide care due to an illness or yikes die um i promise that this is not a downer topic it is a much needed uh topic for all of us lucky to have a pet or more in our lives so without delay let's give pause and applause to amy Sheever. welcome to the show amy thank you so much 
much for letting me talk to your audience about this very important topic. Um, you know, with the pandemic recently, we've seen an increase in the number of animals surrendered to shelters and rescue groups simply because their owners have been there either have passed away or ended up in nursing homes. So yeah, it's we're really gonna, important for people to think about this topic and figure out what they want to do for their pets. I agree. And we're going to get back to that favorite topic all of us have about the pandemic. But first, let's bring it home. What the heck is Second Chance for Pets? And I know you've been doing this for a number of years. Exactly. Well, I used to volunteer at the animal shelters in Northern California. And what was very frustrating is when people would come in and say, oh, my dad just passed away. Here's his dogs or his cats. And, you know, these animals had been well cared for. And, you know, unfortunately, animals who have been sleeping on someone's bed or sitting on someone's lap are used to a lot of attention. Yeah. So when they get to the shelter, it's a very overwhelming experience. I and unfortunately, yeah, and shelters are overwhelmed. You're, you live in Ukraine, you live in a house. Now you're carting your pets across a border, hoping that Poland, Romania, or some other place will let you in and everything is disrupted. And pets yes. like us are sentient beings. They do feel joy. They do feel worry. They do feel pain, right? Exactly. And, you know, it, there's some very simple things people can do to make sure that if something happens to them, that their animals don't end up at the shelter, that they end up with someone who will provide care for them, whether it's temporarily short term or long term. But it's really important to think about this topic and figure out what's what makes sense for your pets. Well, I want everybody after the show to go to secondchanceforpets.org. There is a slew of resources there. But I also know you have something maybe you can tee us up with. What are some three biggest mistakes we pet parents make when it comes to thinking we've got a game plan for our pets? Should they outlive us? Well, the first and most important thing, and this is, and I might repeat this several times today, please, please. is having a committed caregiver. And that doesn't mean putting a will together and saying, oh, my sister is going to take the dogs or my neighbor is going to take the dogs. You have to actually have a conversation with somebody and make sure they are committed to providing love and care to your pets if anything should happen to you. And that means even if you end up in the hospital. Yeah, you could be you could be incapacitated for weeks, right? Or go temporarily to uh, a senior care center while you recuperate, right? Exactly. And that's why, you know, having at least one person committed to and they understand what the care requirements are is so critical. Um, and if every responsible pet owner had one backup person, an emergency contact, then so many animals would not end up at the shelter when something happened to their pet owner. So that's number one. OK, the What's second thing is finances. I mean, we oh. all know how expensive it is to take care of our pets and that those costs have increased over the past several years with the shortage of veterinarians and shortage of ERs. So it's really important to think about if somebody were to take over the care of the pets, how do I make sure that there's some kind of fund in place or maybe it's the life insurance policy, but what you don't want to do is have somebody take over your two cats or five dogs or whatever, <laughs> and not be equipped to being able to cover the cost of that care. Yeah, that's really important. How about number three? Number three, and this is where we have a lot of great resources on our website, is having your instructions in writing. And that means everything from 
deer animals have special diets? Do they have pills? Are they afraid of lightning? <laughs> There's, yeah. you know, where do they like to sleep at, during the day? Because even if a pet owner ends up temporarily in the hospital and somebody comes over to take care of the care of the pets, they the pets can't tell you, oh, it's two o'clock. I need my yeah. insulin injection or it's four o'clock and that's the time we eat. And by the way, we have, you know, our food is located over here and over there and we get three scoops of this and two scoops <laughs> of that. So, and, and they do wear invisible watches. <laughs> they do know when it is time for breakfast or dinner, right? Exactly. And, um, <laughs> So we have a two-page and a four-page document on the first page of our, our website, and it's very simple. You just click on Pet Care Instructions Workbook. You can download the two-page, which is smaller font. You can download the four-page, which is larger font. <laughs> yeah. And just keep the records updated and keep them where somebody can find them. Well, we this is a, this a point. Find- I mean, I know we, we are a paperless society, but what about a little old school? Is it okay to have something on your fridge in an envelope? So if paramedics come in or something, uh, and somebody could be instantly notified. I mean, it's nice that our pets have IDs with our phone numbers on it, but that's not going to help if something happens to us. Well, we have free, um, what are called door hangers. And the okay. reason we went to door hangers, is door hangers. I like that. We, we've actually attended some emergency care veterinary conferences and they said, don't put anything on refrigerators. They don't work anymore because oh. people have the refrigerators where magnets won't stick. Oh, <laughs> so. oh, 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 yeah. And everybody doesn't want their thumbprints and the smearing of their fingers, right? Okay, okay. So, so we tell created us about door the- hangers. And, you know, if you're, if you have an illness, you know, you can make copies of these and put them on every outside facing door. And it says, you know, I have these pets in my home. In case of an emergency, whether that's a fire, anything, here's who to contact in case of an emergency. Here's the name and phone number for the veterinarian. Here's the name of my pets. Um, And of course, if they want to add a lot more information on these door hangers, they can. And we provide these. I think we have about 800,000 of these all over the country. We have them in vet care, vet clinics. We give them to the National Meals on Wheels folks so that when they're delivering pet food, they can give them the emergency card door hangers, Very um, nice. senior centers. Um, but we've got, and actually a lot of pet centers, we hand them out to them so that they can have their clients put these on their doors. I just, um, but you're right. It's yeah. very important. If, if you end up in the hospital and yeah. the ACO from the shelter comes over and picks up your animals and there's no instructions, those animals are going to the shelter. Okay. So door hangers, everybody, door hangers. I mean, I, I have a friend I just visited uh, who is in a senior community and she has a beautiful dog, a puggle named Benny and a senior cat named Miha. Um, and she lives alone. And she's like, what do I do? And I said, I would take your pets, but you have you heard about second chance for pets? So I think it's something, it's being a responsible pet parent, don't you think? Yes. Well, and the one thing that we've started the last few years is we realize that people don't have the funds to invest in a expensive um, estate plan. Right. So we now have, we're paying for this so that other pet owners can have this for free, is a link to a very simple online will where people can add their pets. Um, and it allows people to create a legal will in, every, in 50 states and include their pets' names, include their backup caregivers, 
And for some people, you know, who have had made arrangements with the local rescue groups, that backup caregiver might be a local rescue group, as long as they've gotten that commitment to include them as their backup caregiver. There's, you know, many options, but it's important for people to, you know, do this in advance. And we're going to dive in deeper into what that's all about, but we got to pay for this show. So we're going to take a break. So everybody just sit and stay. We'll be right back. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And now you never have to miss not even one second of any episode. Why? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. (laughs) Bringing out the best in pets and their people, this is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. We're talking with Amy Sheever. She's the director and founder of Second Chance for Pets. You started to talk about before the break a little bit about the fact that Second Chance for Pets has a free online will writing tool, and it it meets the uh, legal beagles scrutiny in all 50 states, correct? That's correct. And there's actually a lot of very large um, organizations across the country. World Wildlife Fund is one of them. They're offering the exact same thing. Good, good. One of the reasons is, again, it it is expensive to put together your own will and work with a a lawyer. And we don't want that to be a barrier for a pet owner who, you know, is serious about making sure that someone will take over the care of their pets in the event that they no longer can. So, again, it's really simple to use, which is the only reason we're doing this, because it's simple. It's free. We like, we like simple. <laughs> <laughs> and free is not so bad either. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, people want to know your backstory, if you would, Amy. I mean, were you a brain surgeon? Were you a librarian before you got all into this? What, what led you to Second Chance for Pets? Well, my real job where I actually get paid is, <laughs> yeah. is, in, <laughs> is in corporate marketing. Um, but I have been volunteering, um, with animal shelters and rescues, um, for probably 30 years. Wow. And, um, you're going to heaven and there are going to be a lot of doggies and kitties there for you. (laughs) Well, I, it's really hard for me to even walk into a shelter these days. It's, I just, you know, it's, it's very overwhelming for me, but, um, I think, you know, when I started realizing that there wasn't a solution for people who were so desperate to find something where their pets could go, I understood that, you know, this was a a great need. And it was so much easier for me to do something in the advocacy space than foster 10 animals that I wasn't (laughs) going to return to the shelter anyways. (laughs) You are mine and mine and mine and mine. Well, you know, this is a tough task that you are doing as a volunteer. Are there ways that people can help contribute to help offset some of the cost? Well, you know, there's some really easy ways that help fund our programs. And again, we're all volunteers. We have no paid staff. And our biggest expenses is printing information like the door hangers yeah, um, and workbooks that we send to veterinary clinics and to animal rescue groups and to shelters all over the country. 
And there's ways people can sign up for the Amazon program if they spend on Amazon. Oh, like the, the Amazon where you get the, what's the term for that? I, I know it's Amazon, Amazon Smile. Amazon Smile. So they could they could not mark a second chance for pets as as the benefactor of the little. Exactly. Every little and bit of course, helps. Yeah, and we have, you know, fundraisers throughout the year. And we also, um, a lot of our funding comes from applying for grants from other organizations. And um, I think what's interesting is that a lot of organizations realize the great need for, you know, having something in place because there's more than 500,000 animals every year ending up at the shelter simply because their owners have passed away or have gone to a nursing home or become too ill to take care of them. So if we could ultimately save or prevent 500,000 animals every year from ending up at the shelter, then, you know, it's, it's worth every penny, right? <laughs> oh, I agree. And at the start of the show, Amy, you started to touch a little bit about the impact the pandemic has had on pets. It seemed like in the beginning, people were just cleaning out shelters and foster groups of pets because everybody was staying in place and stuck at home. Now it seems like the shelters are filling up again. So what's yes. your take on what's happening? Um, well, there's a couple things. 10% of the animals being surrendered to shelters. There's been an increase since the mm-hmm. pandemic started, 10% greater increase of animals where their owners have either passed away or become too ill to take care of them. So that's one thing. The other thing that I think is just a, has been a crisis that's just suddenly blown up is that um, we really need more people to volunteer and foster. And what's interesting about foster programs now is that most rescues and shelters will cover all the costs. Yeah, yeah. So if you can, if you have space for a couple of kittens in a bathroom, or if you have space for a couple of weeks to take in a dog, then another slot opens for a dog that needs to go into the shelter. Yeah. And this year has been a really incredibly big crisis for shelters and rescues all over the country. I have to shout out to my oldest sister, Karen Chahaki which you always want to say tight after you say <laughs> she and her husband, Rick live in Dyer, Indiana and they're retired. And what they do is they bring in a foster dog. They have a few dogs and a cat and they spend whatever, two, three, four weeks or whatever. And then when the dog gets adopted, they leave Karen's house, but it's better than being in a shelter. Absolutely. Kennel. The other interesting thing, and this started several years ago from in San Francisco is they have a phosphorus program. Phosphorus? So Instead okay. of hospice, it's oh, phosphorus. Okay. And there's hundreds of shelters and rescues all over the country that have this. And what basically it's a different kind of fostering. You take in an animal that maybe has three legs or has oh, one okay. eye or needs insulin injections or, you know, something where the, yeah. where the animal's not perfect. The shelter or rescue covers the costs, everything wow. from vet care to food for the remainder of that animal's life. Nice. So for people now who are facing, you know, the challenges of vet care costs, which are expensive for anybody, no matter what your income is, mm-hmm. this is a really interesting option because I like you can that. basically take in and you're really adopting an animal, but you don't have responsibilities for the cost of that care of that animal. So for people, especially retired or on fixed incomes who are responsible when it comes to pet care, but they don't have fat wallets, that's yes. a really good option. Yes. Wow. Well, what's the 411 on your pets? And you're in Northern California, right? Come on. They need a shout out. Come on. Oh, my goodness. Well, so because I work from home and I've always worked from home for 
20 years, I have worked with a lot of puppy mill rescues. And so basically they've taken in animals who've lived in cages all their lives and then they rescue them and then rehome them. The main issue with these animals is they never had vet care. So for five years, you know, no vet care, no, no animal human bonding. And they also have really severe separation anxiety. I bet. Yeah. So it's like, you really can't leave your house unless you have someone taking care of your pet because yeah, they just, um, they're very, you know, so who do you have on having a human around? Can you shout out a few of them that are at your house? Oh yeah. So, um, we've got three that came from small breed rescue of Eastern Tennessee, all puppy mill survivors, uh, Tuesday, who's a Bichon poodle mix (laughs) Tuesday. Wonder what favorite day Tuesday's day is okay. It's very confusing when you take her to the vet on a Tuesday. <laughs> um, and then Ellie May, who's a oh. Pomeranian purebred, she was in the cage for five years. And Wally, who's our, he's our crazy, you know, the dog that gets kicked out of the uh, training classes. <laughs> and then we have um, Olivia, who came from a puppy mill in uh, also in Tennessee, who walks on three legs. She's mm-hmm. about three pounds. So she's a chihuahua. And then we have a blind chihuahua we took in from a rescue in Oakland, California. And she was born blind to a puppy mill um, oh. breeder and just ended up, you know, as soon as he knew that she was blind, she was at the shelter. What's the doggy's so, name? Oh, that's Lulu. And she's, Lulu. it's amazing that with her blindness, that she's like the easiest one. <laughs> she, <laughs> She, yeah. can, she has like a sonar. She can find her way around. Have, and, have, uh, sn- have nose will sniff. Well, yeah, that's exactly. great. Um, any more? We want to, we have about 30 seconds. Let's wrap this up. What is your main message you'd like to share, Amy? And how, again, can people find out about Second Chance for Pets? So we have tons of resources on our website, including the link to the free will, which is about, again, legal in 50 states. The most important thing is to find one person at a minimum who has agreed to take over the care of your pets if anything should happen to you. And I think, you know, you can talk to people you meet at the dog park. You can talk to your vet techs, groomers, pet sitters, your veterinarian, but have these conversations and you will find somebody that will be a good fit to help you with your pets. All right, everybody, please dash over to Second Chance for Pets. That's 2ND Chance, the number four, pets.org. And hey, that's it for our show today. It goes by fast. Uh, pause up to our special guest, of course, uh, the fabulous Flo From and the miracle working Amy Shiver. Um, I also want to give a special shout out to our wonderful sponsor, Tevra, the makers of great pet products. Uh, you can get a 20% discount, tevrapet.com, Arden20 at checkout. And you all, I want to thank all of you pet pals for tuning in and to all you stations airing our show from coast to coast. So until next time, this is Arden Moore saying to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there, pause up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch full-length video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. And have a pawsome week.